so yesterday we went out on Mary Helen's boat because you know she's about to sell it probably and buy a restaurant in fucking Belize. Belize yes. Yeah. So she, it was like you know, a few of us like Shotzi Briser and Annie, of course, and uh, Catherine and her partner and this guy Reagan and Spooky. Jesus right? Christ, that's so, a lot of fucking. It's a lot of people. It's not a very big boat, you yeah. know, sailboat. And so you know, we leave Lake Union, and go through the the University Bridge and all that stuff. And you know, she's her mast is tall enough where she needs to have them open the drawbridge. So open the drawbridge, boop. Through the ship, or through the uh, Motley Cut, open the next, you know, that little bridge that has like the castle things, boop, open up, out into Lake Washington we go, go out a ways, you know, park it, you know, turn it off, start swimming, swim around for a couple hours. Alarm goes off, so like, you know, she knows when it's time to go back because some people had to work. Goes to crank it up, and like the Bendix isn't going into the ring gear on the starter. Oh, shit. So I was like, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because she was trying to like, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just, okay, stop. Okay, do it again real short. So, yeah, we couldn't get it going. So we're like trying to bang on the starter with a hammer and stuff. But, you know, it's in a boat, so you get about a quarter of an inch swing. So that doesn't do shit. And she's like, okay, it's okay. I have tow insurance. So, okay. So she calls the towing place or whatever. And, you know, the guy, the guy at first said it was going to be like several hours, but he actually showed up in probably like half an hour, 45 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Tied off to this fucking thing, like starts towing us back in. It's like, yay, all is well. And then uh, we get to the, the Montlake uh, cut. Uh, it got so hot since, you know, it's been 100 degrees. Um, uh, the bridge, the metal expanded enough, and the bridge doesn't open now. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, fuck. And so... <laughs> And so we have a boat that's dead in the water, and it's full of people, most of which are not, you know, pretty scantily clad in burning, burning uh, sun. <laughs> so the, the tow, tow boat guy can haul, like, three people at a time. So he, he drags Mary out of the shipping lanes, basically, and tells her to set her anchor. And then the three of us that had to go to work, hopped on with this dude, and went to work. You know, he took us all the way back into Lake Union. Then he was like, "Oh yeah, they'll, they'll, you know they're going to try to open the bridge again in a couple hours when it maybe cools down." That never happened. And then they were like, "Oh, I guess it's going to be like eight thirty or nine p.m." They're like, "Okay, cool, we can hang out till then. I guess we've got wine and water and snacks and shit, you know." And then they're like, "Sorry, they're not going to try till tomorrow." Fuck. So um, yeah, they, the 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 towing guy kept on ferrying people off. I don't know why he could only take three because it was a big, pretty big boat, you know. Yeah. But probably insurance or some shit. Uh, how many so, life jackets he had or some shit? We had. Uh, I mean, I was. It doesn't matter. Okay. It, either which way, he was adamant he could only take three at a time. So he went back out and grabbed grabbed cat and uh, and and them and uh, left uh, just. Um, uh, Mary, uh, Annie, and uh, Shotzi and Briser out there, and they, so they sat out there till like nine ish, and then uh, the towboat guy drug Mary over by the swamp island or the the marsh islands up there by the old Mohai, yeah, just yeah. way out of there, and had her drop anchor, and she stayed the night out there. Oh fuck, <laughs> man! In hopes of the bridge over the morning, and then they, he hauled the rest of them back to. South Lake Union. Jesus Christ. So as far as I know, Mary's still sitting out on her boat waiting to see if they can get that bridge open. But, of course, the later it gets in the day, the hotter it gets, the less likely that's going to be. 
So she's not sure what. It's gonna, it's hotter today. It's going to be yeah. hotter. hotter well, I'm just saying she's been on that fucking boat now for over 24 hours. Oof. And I mean, that. Well, you know, it's not like sail around the world shit. It's sit there sweltering in your boat or on your boat, you know. So, yeah, poor Mary Helen. I think after this, uh, I'm going to see if Annie wants to go check on her. I got my raft in the car. Sure, yeah. And we'll fucking. <laughs> Ooh, hopes and prayers. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I spent yesterday, and so I'm massively fucking sunburned. So if you see me cringe when I move my arms, legs, or any other part of my body, it's because my T-shirt's scraping the, all the skin off my body. All right, exfoliation. Yeah. Lobster man. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names with guns and axes, we sought our And the USA. USA. Okay. It's fucking very hot, but uh, welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. Um, I'm too tired to do the annoying thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to cut it out anyways. Don't worry, man. How the West was So, uh, this period in time, uh, Seattle, where we record, is uh, experiencing record heat waves, I think. Uh, Thanks a lot, global warming, you yeah. bitch. As we were talking about, some of the infrastructure since this, you know, a lot of it was built in the early 1900s, late 1800s. You know, when it never got above 80 out here, or if it did, it was like very seldom is starting to uh, not react super well to being heated to 100 degrees. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. Plus, a lot of the buildings here don't have uh, AC or insulation or, you know, tinted windows or anything of any kind that... Because it was like people that, well, it gets hotter in Phoenix. Well, yeah, but Phoenix is designed to be in the hot. I've lived in hotter. Yeah, you know, I lived in Texas and Fuck Kuwait you. and Iraq. And I was going to say, you lived in Iraq for... <laughs> yeah. And it, it's it's shittier when it gets hot here, just by by a stretch. You know, yeah. Texas is also designed to be hot. Also, there's an air-conditioned, uh, uh, like, studio with, you know, AC and stuff that we should be recording in. Yeah. But we'll just say that fell through, <laughs> and now we're in my old apartment that is com- almost completely empty. Mm. Sitting in the narrow kitchen area. It's kind of like, I, I feel like it's similar to what, like if we were on a World War II U-boat. <laughs> that couldn't, couldn't, but it's, couldn't uh, dive. It's just, it's in the tropics and it's just up in the floating there. Maybe the Bermuda Triangle. It's like we're in a U-boat and the Bermuda Triangle with the sun beating down. And we're going to do a show. So Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Welcome to our world. Yeah. So, uh. Uh, continuation, I think, like, last two shows should have been Rangers, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. guess what? More Rangers. More fucking yeah. Rangers. Because this time it's Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> it's Morphin Time! Like hashtag Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, or like, do you have to say that? And every I time, think, you, I think the every hash- every time you say that, you get a nickel or something. Yeah, know? it's like my Microsoft brand Zoom. Like I had some uh, Subway Eat Fresh, like for lunch today. <laughs> like, 
It's okay. I don't know. Subway had a bunch of signs up saying, big changes are coming. Oh, no. It's, it seemed more threatening than... Ooh, maybe Jared's <laughs> coming back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's up for parole. <laughs> big changes are coming. You can have any sandwich you want as long as it's baloney on Wonder Bread. <laughs> Dad? Yeah. So we don't know where where do we leave off? I have no idea. Uh, they were fighting Mexicans. <laughs> Which ones? So uh, 2020. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> from their inception till now. But now they're fighting Comanches. Comanchicans. Mm-hmm. No, Comancheros. Mm. Churros. Churros. Yes. Mm. So oh what, God! The what, fighting churros. I, I, I need to know what, 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 what year ish are we talking at this point? Uh, I have like 1860. Okay, because uh, you know then all the uh, regular army are getting sent away to go fight in some somewhere else. Okay, so here, yeah, okay, that's where we are. We're we're past the uh, Republic of Texas fucking bullshit, and we're into. Getting into civil war-y kind of territory. Uh-huh. Gotcha. So they, the Comanches were always on the edge of the settlements fucking shit up, but just kind of stepped it out up more since the Civil War kind of took away the soldiers. They were very upset. Yep. Uh, in November, they killed 23 people within two days. Ooh. So Charles Goodnight, yeah. then a 24-year-old scout, went ranch to ranch to get volunteers to posse up. I guess that's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how else would you raise a posse? Like, you don't posse out. You don't posse. Yeah, posse you, around. You posse, you posse around. Stop posseing around. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking then, Tony, you know Charlie Goodnight. We've, yeah, we've the talked Goodnight about Love Trail. Yep. Uh, December 1860, the Rangers attack a small Comanche village. Uh, there they found a quote-unquote white squaw. Named Cynthia Ann Parker Woo! and quote unquote rescued her. Oh shit, Quanta Parker's mom. Yep, Quanta mm-hmm. Parker's Whoa. mom. Ding ding ding. Uh, that was with her daughter Prairie Flower, and then of course they were putting display in a Fort Worth general store. Come and look at the that's white what, squad. Look at we've rescued this person. Why is she crying and yeah. wailing? <laughs> and being I'm, sold next to five cent bars of soap. Every time, just because like my my only like knowledge of the of the West was of you know the old West was uh is from doing the show. Like now, fucking uh, Comanche come on is canon. In, oh, the, in the history books in my head. So every time we talk about Comanche, I'm like, oh, shit. And it's uh, like some like 80s bad guys from movie bad guys, like sitting on a devil's tower. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're not completely wrong, but there's far more nuanced. But yeah. Oh, of course. But no. Yeah. In my head, like every time you're like, the Comanche have this yeah. like fucking white woman captive. It's like, oh, you bastards. Fucking strong elk, you dick. Only this was what would that have been Nakona, right? Mm-hmm. But they weren't really captured because she would mourn her children years right. after she left and oh, refused she, to speak English. Didn't she die from going on hunger strike? Because she, yep, yeah. and part of the flu. That was in eighteen seventy. Uh, Prairie Flower died in eighteen sixty four. Yeah. So yeah, rescued someone who didn't want to be rescued. Uh, the Texans and the U.S. Army would fight hard battles in the eighteen sixties. 
1864 was probably the worst uh, against the Comanche, and that's when they were led by Quanta Parker, son of Cynthia Ann. So, Quanta Parker will have his revenge. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> for a little while. Uh, former Ranger Captain McCullough returned to fight for the Confederates. Shocking. Uh, he was shot and killed during the Battle of Pea Ridge, Arkansas. Charlie Goodnight also went and fought for the... Pretty much, we can just sum it up that 99.9% of the Rangers went and fought for the Confederates in some capacity. Uh, and, of course, when the Texans leave to fight for the South, the Comanches step up their attacks. That's when the Texas founded the Texas State Troopers in 1861 to respond to this. I'm now definitely picturing, like, Jay Chandaraskar... And like you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know how fast you were riding. What? How fast you were riding? Say horse ramrod. Horse, horse ramrod. I don't want a large farva. I want a liter of whiskey. <laughs> then in 1863, they called it the Frontier Organization. That's vague. Mm-hmm. Sierra Club. Uh, December 1864, they found a large camp of Indians newly abandoned. It was a big camp. So they followed the trail. Uh, they found their camp at Dove Creek, so they would attack at dawn, even though they were tired and ill-equipped, like right now. Mm-hmm. But these Indians were not the Comanche. They are the peaceful Kickapoo. Oh, not the Kickapoo. Mm-hmm. They were migrating from Kansas to Mexico to get the hell out of Kansas. Long ass fucking time ago in a town called Kickapoo. At some point that morning, an Indian named Askey approached them and said they were friendly Kickapoos. Of course, he was shot right on the spot. Motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the morning of January 8th, 1865, the militia attacked Adon, but the Kickapoos were ready for him with Enfield rifles. Uh, a militia captain was killed, and the militia was thrown into a panic. Uh, about three in the afternoon, they captured a Kickapoo boy and learned that they were fighting Kickapoos, even though they... Ronnie told that. Do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why didn't you tell us? We did, uh... Fucking shot the dude. <laughs> shot the dude. <laughs> Got to check your emails, dude. Yep. Uh, the militia managed to hold off the Kickapoos till nightfall when they could escape. Uh, 23 dead Texans and 26 wounded. It was the oops biggest Indian battle in Texas during the Civil War and the worst. And then it began to snow, and then they had to eat their horses. Who are the Kickapoos or the, the Texans. militia or both? Oh, the Rangers had to eat the horses. They aren't Rangers. The Rangers are all fighting the Civil War. These are... Oh, the, the, militia, this is the front, Frontier Club. Which, it's just a front, different name for yeah. the same thing, except for the problem is all your Ranger guys that have been Rangering for a long time are all off fucking fighting Yankees and shit. So you're going to have, like, the bench warmer fucking water boy. Oh, the B squad? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we to see after the state, <laughs> you know. That's, oh, that's why they're fighting Kickapoos and, say, and not chasing And, like, didn't even listen to the fucking dude when he rolled yeah. up. <laughs> and why they're getting their ass kicked and having to get their horses, so. So the next 20 years, the Kickapoos would mount vicious raids across the border from Mexico oh, because of this, even though they could have had them as friends. Mm-hmm. Well, you fucked How up. How many times mm-hmm. have we seen that one happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Leander McNelly. Leander? Leander. There's a name that doesn't get used enough anymore. Mm-hmm. He was known as one of the great Texas Rangers. In reality, he had a checkered record. Checkered, checkered record. record. <laughs> He was short and racked with consumption. Yeah, consumption. All right. Hey, you know that didn't slow a lot of these people down. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, he had a writer a along what? with him. 
a guy who wrote down his exploits. Or a writer. Writer, got it. It's like, I had a writer along with him that would do all the writing for him. <laughs> I'm going to stand here. You, yeah. write, you write over that way. The writer was also a ranger. So the writer was a ranger. Oh, the ranger, writer writer. was a ranger. And I bet he was a writer, too. Because, you know, you kind of had to be a writer, even if you were a writer. But especially if you were a ranger. Mm-hmm. Ranger, got writer, it. writer. Roger. Was he also a doctor? <laughs> well, I'll see. Uh, was his name Riker? Yeah. <laughs> Double one. Uh, McNilly arrived in Texas in 1850s as a kid. When he got uh, to tuberculosis, he was either 16 or 17. And Jesus. that's when he joined the Confederate Army, too. Holy shit. Just living the dream. Yeah, he went from private to captain. Oh. But the Rangers were almost done after the war. Uh, but in 1870, the Texas government had 25 to 75 Rangers per county. So they had a lot of, but a lot of them were riffraff, though. They yeah. weren't quality. They're quality riff, rangers. Riff rangers. Mm-hmm. Riff rangers sounds like the shittiest fucking comedy <laughs> comedy troupe of all time. Yeah, or the riff the rangers, <laughs> or just like a bunch of hair metal guys that are teaching you. <laughs> oh yeah, like metal school. <laughs> yep. Uh, McNeely was the kind of man who would quote uh, shoot an opponent in the teeth and read scripture to him as he died. Oh, gross. No. <laughs> it's pretty Literally read me anything else. Pretty when I'm pretty pretty vibrant description. <laughs> <laughs> Although shooting in the teeth as gross as it sounds is kind of a viable tactic because if you have like a low powered slug or like, you know, or whatever. You know, how many times have we heard of somebody getting shot right. and you know, through the mouth and you shoot him in the fine. teeth, you got the lead projectile, right? But then you also have a bunch of now brand new uh enamel shard projectiles which you know tooth enamel is the hardest thing in your body right yeah yeah, that's why i put teeth in all my pipe bombs before i do crimes but uh, so basically it goes from one bullet to kind of this shotgun blast inside your mouth yeah yeah totally so it's probably almost more humane than trying to shoot you in the eye or you know maybe i don't know as we as we talked about the northfield raid the fucking you could you could take a bullet to the eyeball and still be fine yeah yeah Mm -hmm. You could it could get launched, you know, yeah. stuck behind your eye and live for the rest of your life. I don't know if "fine" is the term, but <laughs> uh, McNeely wouldn't take any prisoners. He wouldn't take no shit either. Uh, he would claim that they're trying to uh, escape while they're killing them. Uh, so, so just they're they're just cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're just cops. <laughs> Uh, spring 1875, McNelly took off for the border with 42 men. A few weeks earlier, banditos, thought to be Cornelius guys, the guy who we talked about at the end of last episode, oh, yeah. who was trying to do a little revolutionary thing down there. Yukon Cornitas. Uh, they had to, uh, attacked Noises Town and killed a man and burned a store. In reprisal, white vigilantes took it on on peaceful people of Mexican descent. Of course. Um, Easier targets. Yep. McNally made these vigilantes disband, but did not arrest them, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. I just always love that fucking... And it's, I mean, you still see people doing it today. It's like, you know, oh, this one specific person did something. Well, we can't get them. Find somebody that's similar-ish. Right. You know, and that'll or even from do the, what? <clears throat> someone from the same like nation doesn't even need to be Fine. that like like how many times do Sikhs get fucked with? For, oh yeah, you know, like, see that. seek and destroy. <laughs> Oof, awesome. 
That would be a good comic book. Mm-hmm. Like, just a sick version of the Punisher that just goes, <laughs> like, when people... Murdering fucking murder, racist dickheads. You know. <laughs> Uh, McNally had spies to see who was stealing cattle and driving them back to Mexico over the Rio Grande. Uh, there they found some Cortinists driving stolen cattle back to Mexico at Palo Alto. Some what? Cortinists. Some followers Cort- of Cortinas guys. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That was at Palo Alto. That was also the first uh, major battle of the Mexican-American War 20 years or 30 years earlier. Uh, they charged the rustlers. One ranger was killed. Rangers killed 12 and captured 275 beeves. Yeah, that's a lot yeah. of beeves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rustlers were put on display, all bloated, in Brownsville Plaza. Next to Quanta Parker's mom, apparently, at the store. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to do, uh, after you said rustling so many times, we're going to have to do a... Uh, pro wrestling? No, <laughs> pro wrestling. <laughs> uh, no, I was thinking... Uh, National Wrestling Federation presents... <laughs> The ICP did a fucking uh, Western movie. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Big, I, big Money Rustlers, I think. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Annie made me watch it. Uh, like, Zoe's made me watch that shit. I didn't know she was into that stuff. She used to be. She's reformed. <laughs> Psychopathic Records presents... So there you are. Sheriff Sugarwolf. Ah! A deadly tale of debauchery, hedonism, and family love. Set in a small town named Mudbug. Get the step. Monoxide. Jamie Madrox. Shaggy Tudo. And Violent J. Star. Big Money Rustlers. A Paul Andreessen film. Coming 2010 worldwide. Anybody else got any issues that need discussing? I didn't fucking think so. The most disturbing part... What a bunch of clowns. ...is the fucking facial hair with the makeup... Like, how, how fucking hard do you have to work every day to get that shit into your beard? Just sh- shave or... Actually, just don't paint yourself like a clown. Just don't do that. <laughs> it's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. If you find yourself at some point fainting, fainting yourself like a clown, stop. Think, what am I doing with my life? Use the mirror that you're looking into to take a long look at yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Try drugs or something else. <laughs> yep. Almost anything else. <laughs> uh, McNilly had aims to capture northern Mexico for the United States. Uh, he got help from U.S. Navy Lieutenant Commander DeWitt Clinton Kells. Hmm? Words? Mm-hmm. DeWitt Clinton Kells. Uh, he and Kells hoped to provoke Mexicans on firing on the USS Rio Bravo. Just on board like Moonium or what? Yep. Uh, word of this got out, and D.C. found out, and Kells was court-martialed. Oh, wow. But McNelly was going to go across the river anyway and fuck shit up. So on the night of November 18th, 1875, McNelly assembled his company of 25 to 30. 
which is enough to take over a country. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the fucking Blackwater ding dong going oh, down to fucking uh, Venezuela. Venezuela. Yeah. With like eight eight guys or Oh, that wasn't Blackwater, but it's it's a wannabe Blackwater. Oh, okay. I thought I thought it was a dude that used to run it or something. No, it's a wannabe type yeah. Usually these things only occur on the A team. Yeah. But <laughs> This is real. Well, I mean, it's like, once again, it goes back to, like, the uh, Fetterman's, you know, give me 20 cavalrymen, I'll ride through the entire Sioux Nation or something like that, like that attitude. Because, you know, they weren't attacking white people, so they obviously would win because, <laughs> yeah, that's the way science worked back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hubris. And logic. And, yeah. So they had to cross the Rio Grande on three at a time on a leaky dugout canoe. They probably didn't have tow insurance. Uh, then at dawn, they reached a ranch. Uh, McNelly told his troops, I want you to kill all that you see except for old men, women, and children. So at least he drew a line somewhere. Um, so cats, dogs, yeah, yeah. cows, beavers, mm-hmm. and adult males. Uh, they killed 12 men at that ranch. Uh, they were caught by surprise and for good reason because the rangers attacked the wrong ranch. Oh, fucking <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Well, in the end, was it really a right ranch for them to be attacking anyway? Of course not. You know, like... Uh, They found the real target a half mile up the trail. Oh, good. They're they're all practiced up and warmed up. Oh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. There they found several hundred hostile Mexicans waiting for them. Ah, take that. Uh, The rangers retreated and made a last stand with their backs towards the Rio Grande. (laughs) Uh, The Mexicans charged a few times, and the rangers repulsed them. I don't know how you repulse them. You just... Take off your shirt or something. Yeah, just, they puked into their hands and then like the, yeah. the guy next to you laps it up. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, wipe your ass with your hand and like smear it under your mouth. <laughs> Paint your face with it yeah. like a fucking war paint. Uh, against orders, the army on the U.S. side sent 40 soldiers to help so they wouldn't be wiped out. Damn it. Uh, the Rangers killed General Juan Flores Salinas. He was the Alcalade of Las Cuervas. That's not worse. Which was the town leader. That's some fucking science fiction shit. Well, of course, I, I have to mispronounce every yeah. Spanish word. Yeah, you meant alkaloid. So. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, eventually, the white flag came out and on the Mexican side, and talks began. Uh, McNelly bluffed the Mexicans into turning over 65 head of cattle, and McNelly held it as a victory. Yep, that's the same as taking over northern Mexico. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Ha-ha! <laughs> gotcha! Uh, McNilly is also the guy who arrested Kingfisher in June 1876. Uh, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, of course, he never faced trial, Kingfisher, anyway. Uh, McNilly wanted to invade northern Mexico again, but consumption kept him in bed. Oh. In early 1877, he was removed from the Rangers, and he died September 4th, 1877, at the age of 33. So he... Oh, that's a that's a full life for such a young mm-hmm. dude. Full horrible life. <laughs> How the West was fucked will be right back. Beach nuts, the tobacco you chew. 
Seems like a man's world just isn't the same anymore, but some things you can still trust, like beech nut chewing tobacco. Beech nut just keeps on getting better. Beech nut's a lot moister these days, with more taste, less stems. Today's beech nut, fresher, longer-lasting flavor. You ought to try it. Girls in bars, girls in pants, a man just don't stand a chance, but there's still ways to show them who's who. Treat your dogs with respect, you keep your traps coiled and checked, and beech nut's the tobacco you chew. Napoleon Augustus Jennings was born in 1856. He received a prep school education back east. Uh, he was a clerk in McNally's company of rangers there. Uh, that was only for eight months, then mustered out and wrote for papers back in New York City. So he was also a writer and a writer? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, he called himself Colonel Jennings because he was in the rangers for eight months. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how that works? Back then, it seems to. Uh, in the 1890s, he goes back to Texas. This time he goes with a rainmaker. A what? A rainmaker. Like a dude rainmaker? Mm-hmm. Uh, R.G. Dyrenforth. D-Y-R-E-N-F-O-R. So this is like you do the prayers and then you hang dead black snakes on the fences or whatever? Almost. Uh, Jennings called him uh, General Jupiter Pluvius Dyrenforth. What the fuck? <laughs> That's like some shit that like, like Eric Trump would name his dog. Like, he, like he'd have a, like a, a fucking Yorkie or something. Uh, he was a concussionist. Like he'd give people concussions. No, he would shoot cannons or put dynamite on kites to make rain. <laughs> what is? Uh, can I? Can you still do that? I want to do that. Are you explaining a dream that you had last night? <laughs> Fuck. Yep. You know, when you tie dynamite to kites to make rain. <laughs> it's not too far off. Oh, see, I notice when it thunders, a lot of times we get rain, so it must be the loud noise of the thunder that knocks the water out of the sky. You truly are a magical man. I'm going to name you Steve Blumenthal Dingleberry the Seventh. Uh, Jennings, the writer, he sported a thick mustache and pith helmet, and he functioned as Dyron Force assistant or and chief propagandist. Oh, they called it a, a success, but eventually they were exposed as frauds for yeah, some no reason. Shit. As soon as like if if you yeah if your title wherever you are is chief propagandist, you got a fucking problem. Yeah, you're, you're not, not in, you're not in a good place, <laughs> and, and if you are. Uh, the guy that has the title chief propagandist. I mean, if if you have a chief propagandist in the place that you're at, you're not in a good place. If you find yourself having the title of chief propagandist, you are one of the bad guys. Yeah. 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 Just called public relations now yeah. or whatever. <laughs> uh, Jennings returned to New York City and tried his hand at patriotic songwriting. <laughs> then he moved to writing about the Texas Rangers and painting them as heroic, fine, upstanding citizens. Uh-huh. A liar. Uh, Yep, he wrote of his time with McNally, but Jennings made most of it up, of course. Uh, it was praised for his accuracy at the time, because people are stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we killed 3,000 Comanches. And then we made first contact with Vulcans. Yeah, yeah, and not a single ranger lost. And every time we shoot, we hit them in the middle of the forehead, like, <laughs> at a full gallop, because we're badass. Uh, he described his fight at Palo Alto, even though it was months before he joined up. Uh, this started up McNally as a hero, 
and he was actually used in a Zane Crane book, too. Stolen fucking valor. And a bunch of movies based on it. Uh, a World War II freighter was main, named after McNelly. Uh, LBJ quoted McNelly during Vietnam. I always imagine him as like, like LBJ, like, like it is I, LBJ. <laughs> what do you do, Bandito? <laughs> also, uh, L. Ron Hubbard would that that'd be a fun uh, crossover costume yep. for Halloween. Uh, Nixon was given a, a portrait of McNelly and still resides at his library. 2001 feature film, Texas Rangers, McNelly is played by Dylan McDermott. I don't know Not Dermot Mul- Mulrooney, but Dylan McDermott. In a land without justice. If we do not fight for our land, if we do not fight for our home, who will? A few brave men fought back and became legends. No prisoners, Rangers. No mercy. Before there was law, there were the Rangers. James Vanderbeek, Dylan McDermott, Usher Raymond, Ashton Kutcher, Lenore Varela, and Rachel Lee Cook. Texas Rangers. So how do they portray him in the film? Probably as a hero or or something. What the fuck? Well, okay, you have a subset of society that believes... That the 45th president of the United States yeah, I know. is the smartest, strongest, toughest, coolest, did I say smartest, handsomest motherfucker to ever walk the planet. True that. You know, how does that work? <laughs> Same shit. Oh my God, when's the fucking biopic about... Trump? Trump. When's that happening? I don't know, they gotta wait for all the court hearings and shit to... It's, sure, not, sure. it's not over yet, man. It ain't over yet. He's still yeah. the president. No, not that. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's idiots. still some legal holdups. Mm. Yeah, they got to wait for some actor to get fat and bloated and <laughs> get a comb over. <laughs> get Brad Pitt to get fat and bloated and get a comb Oh, no, over. dude. It's, it's going to be fucking, uh, what's his name? Batman. Oh, yeah. Again? Well, you can't be Cheney and Trump. That's just too much. <laughs> but he's everybody. Uh. Be better if it was like fucking Terry Crews or something like out of left field. <laughs> Terry Crews already played him. I am President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. And I've traveled back in time from the future to address your stinking ass. What the fuck is going on with this election? Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Actually, shit. Yeah, that's, that won't work either. <laughs> 1877 in Pecos County in West Texas. It had very few people and even fewer white people. So you better go in with some rangers and make room for white people, I'm guessing? Well, well, they were in charge and surprised very corrupt. This gave rise to the San Elizario Salt War of 1877. (laughs) Okay, so now we're into some Star Wars shit. Yeah, the Salt Wars of 1877. Uh, this is a war that the Rangers lost. Oh. Uh, Salt, I, I, Salt Bay showed up. And I think I did read up. about this, yeah. Uh, 100 miles east of El Paso are enormous dry salt lakes. Forever it was community property, and everybody took cartloads without worry. But 1877, a lawyer named Charles Howard of El Paso and Austin banker George Zimpleman 
laid out a plan to claim the lake for themselves Yay. and, of course, charge people for the salt. Fucking capitalism. Yay. Hooray. Thanks, lawyers and bankers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, during a political feud, Howard shot a state representative named Curtis and fled to New Mexico. Curtis tried to seize control of the lakes, too. In reaction to the killing of Curtis, Tejanos and Mexicans took to the streets in El Paso, seized government officials, and threatened anybody who opposed them. So Anglos sought help from Austin uh, which, and former Rangers. Working his political connections, Howard's got protection from the, for, from the Rangers. Not from the Rangers. Yeah, the Rangers with, guarding By him. the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, there wasn't any Rangers within 500 miles of El Paso. Ooh. Uh, the governor dispatched Major John B. Jones from Austin. Took two weeks to get there. Uh, the train wasn't finished to El Paso yet. Uh, there he met with insurrectionist leaders. Uh, he was warned by the sheriff, quote, these greasers are very treacherous. <laughs> or, you know, maybe what? they're just kind of angry that you're coming to shit that was everybody's. And, no, it was mine now. Now I'm, I'm very, like, like I'm imagining the fucking sledgehammer fight at the end of uh, Streets of Fire when he called yeah. them greasers. It's just like fucking Willem Dafoe and... Fucking uh, leaving, leaving sl- hair slicked back, leather jackets. Fucking when you're a jet, you're a jet no, all the man. way. <laughs> no, it used to have a different connotation. Yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, but I just like the fact that they're ooh, they're de- you know they're treacherous because we're trying to do shit that's fucked up to them and they're angry. That's treachery. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like the cop fucking tasing you for smoking and then yeah. telling you not to resist while you're shaking on the ground and shitting your pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Major Jones recruited a company of 20 men. Major Jones and me. Uh, he picked for Commander John Taze, a 35-year-old Canadian with no law experience. That's what I like in a lawyer. He's Jones, never experienced the law. <laughs> uh, Jones had a hard time getting recruits for some reason. Uh, Howard, hiding up in New Mexico, remained nervous. He said Taze was a good man, but slow, even for a Canadian. Jones armed the men there in El Paso, then left. Uh, Things kind of fell apart from there. December 1877, Howard left New Mexico. The Rangers gave him safe passage to San Elizaro. Howard strutted through town trying to get the goad the citizens into a fight, calling them greasers. Seems like this is going to work out well. Then he joined the Rangers back at a house where they were using his barracks. Yeah, I told, uh, told them. Dude. Yeah, I love that. He's just like going around like talking shit. Meanwhile, they're like, uh, dude, no, uh, wait, uh, we're vastly outnumbered. Uh. <laughs> so the armed insurgents or whatever, the Tejanos. Uh, yeah, the Mexicans. angry townspeople. Yep. They began to gather as word spread. Uh, Charles Ellis, El Paso merchant and former sheriff, went to investigate. He was last sued around the neck and drug out of town, and his scalp and beard were taken. Oh. His throat cut ear to ear and stabbed twice in the heart. Uh, I don't know if he survived or not. I was going to say, <laughs> he lived to fucking open a bank <laughs> months later. Uh, about 400 insurgents had gathered around. Uh, the Rangers had hoped the federal troops would show up and rescue him, and they were coming. Hey, man, federal troops, we've been talking shit for weeks. Where you at? Coming or? So the federal troops were led by Captain Th- Thomas Blair, but they only had 18 mounted men. They were outside of town. The insurgents told him if he went into town, he'd be shot. 
it. So Blair just turns back. Yep. In the morning, the first shots were fired. Uh, Ranger Sergeant C.E. Mortimer was shot. He died at sundown. Uh, sporadic fighting continued, and the Rangers would beat back charges from their house they were in. This lasted four days, uh, but ammo was running low, and the Rangers needed sleep. Uh, the governor was wired, and he wired the president for the Army's help. Just drinking coffee all day long. <laughs> oh, 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 wired. Wired. Uh, they would come, but it would be another 48 hours. So on the sixth day of the siege, Howard volunteered to give himself up. Uh, Taze Witt with a white flag with him, interpreter John Atkinson, a local merchant who had $11,000 with him. What? Uh, he agreed to hand over the money if they spared Howard. Uh, the insurgents made the deal. Um, after the pledge came a cascade of misunderstandings, deceptions, humiliation, and murder. Oh, just like, just that? Just in that order, yeah. <laughs> Atkinson returned to the barracks without Tay's knowledge and told the rangers they would, could surrender, and they were disarmed and imprisoned. The insurgents led Howard into the street and put him against the wall. Howard Rip opened his shirt and shouted, Fire! That's a wow. baller move. Fuck, Bro- dude. Brock Sampson shit there. I thought he was going to have like a fucking dynamite strapped to his chest or something. No, mm. they used it all in the kites. Yep. Uh, Howard fell. A man named Jesus Tellus ran up with a machete. Uh Uh-oh. He swung and missed and cut off two of his toes. Big swing and a miss. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to feel that in the morning. Others stepped in with their own blades and mutilated Howard and then threw him into a well. Oh, Why are you in the well? You got to use that well. I know. Oh, yeah. This is West Texas. You shouldn't be poisoning your own water. No, dude. Maybe there's flavoring it. The insurgents next brought out Atkinson and Ranger John McBride. Atkinson was shot many times in the belly. Uh, he did not die. Uh, he said, Masariba cabrones, or shoot higher, you bastards. Two more shots were fired, but he still was not dead. Fuck. That all you got. <laughs> he motioned towards his head, and the party commander shot him in the head with a pistol. So Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just like how it said many times in the belly. I'm picturing like just like a spinal column left, you know, just like everything else is beef. It's like a and like somebody that just ate the middle, like, <clears throat> like an like apple, apple core. Yeah, yeah, down to the core, yeah. Uh, McBride was shot and died instantly, though, so he was lucky. Uh, the insurgents called for the other rangers to shoot them, but their leader said no. The rangers were freed and had to leave their weapons. Uh, that was then and now the only mass surrender by the Rangers. Well, yeah, they did something kind of stupid and yeah. fucking outnumbered. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, federal forces finally arrived. Uh, they stayed to keep the peace. <laughs> I guess. All right, all right, nothing <laughs> is here. Kind of hey. late, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all is well. All is well. Was that a mutilated guy in that well? Uh, <laughs> shit, that guy doesn't have a belly. You know, yeah. Texas Governor Hubbard ordered Sheriff Kerber to find 100 men Old Governor Hubbard. and kill the insurgents who killed Howard. Uh, Kerber could only find 30. And some old ladies, so he just killed them instead. Mm-hmm. December 23rd, 1877, Colonel Hatch of the U.S. Army rode into Socorro and heard shots fired. He asked the Justice of the Peace what happened. He said the Rangers were killing residents of the village. 
so Kerber's posse rode through the village shooting at will, killing dogs and people, and stole chickens and guns. What? It's like, uh, what's happening? Oh, the rangers are having a massacre? Sweet, free massacre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought they were going to go, like, try to fight rangers, but no. Nope. Nope. They found Tellus, the guy who chopped off his toes, and he tried to resist arrest and was shot and killed. So, nope. I don't know what the moral of that story was. <laughs> blood, Texas is a bloodbath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you invent a time machine, don't go back to 1877. <laughs> the Army set up a permanent base there, and that is now Fort Bliss. Yay. Fort yeah. Bliss? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Named after the teacher from uh, fucking uh, Saved by the Bell. Really? Miss Bliss? Yeah. Miss Bliss. Oh. That was when they are in middle school. Changed when they got to high school. Uh, reconstruction in Texas was rough, too. Between 65 and 68, Texas had 939 murders. Of those, 373 were whites killing blacks. Ten blacks killed whites. The Rangers did some of that, too. I don't know how much of that in, was included. Uh, a white rancher named John Humpy Jackson killed a buffalo soldier <laughs> at Fort McCavitt. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> John Humpy... John Humpy what? Jackson. John Humpy Jackson. He's he like was... The worst boxer or like, I don't know, jazz musician. He's or... <laughs> just a guy who just humps your leg, I guess. Doesn't matter what he does, he just humps your leg. He was captured but escaped and killed two guards who were black. Though recaptured, he never faced trial because, you know, racisms. Rangers were drinking in the same bar where Buffalo soldiers were dancing with senoritas. They showed their displeasure by shooting up the place. Uh, a bystander was shot in the firefight. Uh, New Year's Eve, 1877, five rangers at camp near Fort McCavitt. Across from the fort was Scabtown. Ooh, that sounds lovely. Take me to Scabtown. Yeah. Uh, they had a cook there, the rangers did, who wished to attend a dance in Scabtown. He was black. Uh, he borrowed a pistol and went, uh, but he was fingered as an interloper <laughs> and was kicked out. Fingered. <laughs> and his pistol was taken. Uh-oh, that's not his pistol. Yep, because uh, he borrowed that from a ranger. Oh, no. So the five rangers went back to the dance to retrieve the gun. The people at the party refused for some reason. A Buffalo soldier named Charles Miller, who was, that was his house, who was being used for the dance, grabbed the gun from his wife and said, here, take your damn pistol. Uh, Ranger Tim McCarty stepped up to take it. Uh, Miller fired but missed. And then they both fired, and they both hit each other. Oh, uh, wow. The Rangers ordered the Buffalo soldiers to give up, and they said, no, we'll die first. So both sides emptied their guns in a little uh, little house there. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> When the smoke cleared, the rangers charged in. They found four dead and a little girl killed by accident. God damn Oop. it. Fucking assholes. And, of course, the rangers heralded themselves as saviors. Uh-huh. Of course, yeah. We saved that we, little girl from her life. Well, that and we, you know, shot up a party in somebody's house. Well, I mean, I guess the guy that owned the house did shoot first, right? Yeah. yeah, but it well, was his house. But it yeah. was his house. But yeah. it wasn't his pistol. Well, he was getting get... it back one bullet at a time. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Motherfucker. So that's how Reconstruction is going. Oh, that's great. And it, we kind of left out the Jim Crow stuff since that was a little bit out of our timeline. But yeah, 
Just imagine even more racisms going on. Slightly less, slightly less bullets, more more racism, mm-hmm. little more lynchings and burnings and uh, what do they call it? Uh, redlining and oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. all that stuff. John Leslie, John Wesley Hardin, again. Yep. He killed his first man at age 15. As another recap if you don't want to go back and listen to it. That was a freed uh, slave who beat him in a wrestling match. Oh, yeah, that's right. When he was, he was like, what, like 15 or something? Yeah, that's what he just said. Oh, you did say that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Eventually, a $4,000 reward was offered for Harden, and he left Texas with the Rangers in hot pursuit. A special ranger named John Jack Duckin. A special ranger? <laughs> yep. You have power of flight or what? Like. <laughs> it was his uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation yeah. just to join the rangers. All right, here's your special ranger badge. Why is it made of a sticker? <laughs> here's your gun. Yep. Oh, it's real. Well, of course it's real. You're a ranger. This is Texas. <laughs> uh, that Charles Bronson uh, death wish for children. <laughs> death a wish yep. death, death make a wish, wish. That, that, that was an old uh, make a death wish in there living color sketch oh yeah awesome uh, he was also a Pinkerton boo uh, he trailed him to Alabama so basically he's like a giant narc of all narcs like I'm a not quite cop not quite soldier not quite detective but Definitely a hall monitor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he wired L- Ranger Lieutenant John B. Armstrong to come. He served with McNelly on the border, so he's a good guy. How do John B. John B. Armstrong? <laughs> they follow Harden to Florida, and on August 23rd, 1877... Hey, the ding, ding, ding. Pinkerton, the ranger, and a local sheriff boarded a train with Harden on board. The four men grabbed Harden... Armstrong brained him with a pistol. Yeah. One of Harden's men pulled a gun and was shot. Some accounts uh, said Armstrong shot him dead. Uh, Armstrong and Duncan pocketed the reward, and this raised the reputation of the Texas Rangers again. Then the Salt War happened. With shit on it. Um, they needed another outlaw to catch, uh, to raise their esteem. That was Sam Bass. I heard of Sam Bass. Yep. Well, I got a book about him, so we'll be doing one on him someday. Bass arrived in Texas at 19, uh, at age 19. Not just the year 19. That would be a long time ago. Moved out here at the age of 19. By 1877, Sam Bass and gang were robbing stagecoaches in Deadwood. The big score was a train robbery that they got 60K from. Ooh. Uh, they went back to Texas and continued robbing. Uh, the Rangers pursued Sam Bass, uh, but uh, Sam outwitted them at every turn, which I'm sure is hard to do. Yeah. He went that way. Depends yeah. on the Ranger, but mm-hmm. like a lot of them are just like, I don't care as long as I can shoot it. Uh, Ranger Major Jones persuaded a low-level bandit named Jim Murphy to infiltrate the gang. Infiltrate? Central casting bandit. Yeah. He told the Rangers Bass would be in Round Rock uh, July 19th, 1878 to case a bank. That morning, lawmen spotted Bass and his gang at a general store. Uh, They shot it out. Bass was hit in the hand in the back. 
Uh, Bass fled, but the rangers found him the next day under a tree, mortally wounded. They took Bass to a house. A reporter interviewed him as he lay dying. (laughs) Don't you want to get me some medical help? No, we don't want to get you an interview for the paper first. So, Mr. Bass, how do you feel about your hand and back wound? He died 48 hours later. Ooh. Oh, whole two days. From the yeah. hand wound. He would have he pulled through from the back wound. Oh, yeah. His hand. Uh, January 1881, the Rangers led an expedition to find Victorio, which was uh, an Apache dude. Uh, around El Paso, the Comanches rode in uh, to come in on the res. What? Wait. Apaches or Comanches? Oh. You said Victorio was an Apache dude. And then you said the Comanches rode in. Oh, let me read ahead there. Oh, Maybe I sure. meant uh, meant Apaches. Sure, anyway, they, they all look the same. Oh, this is from the Red River War, so this must have been the Comanches. Okay. Uh, anyway, the Mexican army killed Victorio. Ah. Uh, the last attack by Apaches was January 1881 near Fort Quitman. The Rangers follow him into Mexico. After two weeks, the Rangers finally ca- uh, caught up with the Apaches and attacked them as they cooked breakfast. As you do. Two apparently. women were killed and wounded a child. Sounds about right. Uh, the Rangers were so hungry they ate the Apaches' breakfast and didn't pursue them. That's kind of impressive because usually they just light all that shit on fire. and leave <laughs> Yeah. We're starving, food. but I don't eat this buffalo meat and corn yeah. shit. <laughs> Give me some... They must have been really fucking hungry. Redline cans of beans and <laughs> hard tack. So the only thing notable about that, that was the final battle by the Rangers against the Indians. That's not a battle. Yeah, killing women and children at, at dawn. As we said, if you haven't listened to the show before, uh, if it's a battle, it means that... Uh, it was generally Na- natives were massacred by whitey and and disproportionately women and children yes. usually. And if it was a massacre, it means that three whiteys were killed. Yeah, whether or not the Native Americans like won or just killed a few and then had to flee. Yeah, that's a massacre. Or said hello and three three whiteys jumped off a cliff yeah, or, to their death. Or stole a, somebody stole a cow. Yeah. That's a massacre. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that meant Texas is now totally open to settlement. Well, good. Finally. Finally. So cash-strapped Texas government sold public land now for cheap. Then the fence cutters came also, and the rangers were dispatched to find them to go undercover. One ranger private, Ben Warren, was ready to testify against fence cutters. Uh, The next day, he was shot in the head and died. Whoa. And by fence cutter, you mean like... People who cut fences. People who cut fences, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, you know, I think we've talked about that before, like the advent of barbed wire and how... Mm -hmm. Did. I don't remember which one it was, but we did. Oh, maybe it was uh, Tom Horn. Was he the guy that was? That could very well be. That's about that. It's about that time frame because, like, you know, mm-hmm. it was open range shit, and you know, people just like have their herds out there. That's why you brand them, and that's why you have cowboys. But the herds could like get to water and move around, and you know, it's actually way better for the land. But then people started deciding, well, this land is for sale, so I shall buy all the fucking land, and I will fence off all this shit, including the only water hole for miles. And thus fuck over my neighbors, and then once they fold, I'll buy their land too. Mm-hmm. And you know the neighbors were like, "Well, no, fuck you." And they go gonna, cut the fence and yeah. let their cows get to the water. And, and like, a lot of people, a lot of people died over that shit. I think I, I think I talked about it last week or the week before at the Texas Ranger Museum. There's a whole display 
talking about the fence cutters and that that oh, the improv- traps and that shit? IED they make out of a shotgun wrapped mm-hmm. in dynamite. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking crazy. That guy who invented it, his name is Ira Atten. Oh, good. What called a- it the dynamite boom or boom rocket. Ooh, boom rocket. Boom I like rocket. It. Mm-hmm. But the governor, Saul Ross, made him take him down after Well, a while. yeah, because anybody that fucks with a fence can get blown up. Well, I assume if you're... If you're going to fix your own fence and you don't know it's there, yeah. you're getting blown up. Or if your cow bumps into it or something. Blown up. Blown up. Fucking crow lands on Straight it. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> so uh, kind of after this, they became a state police force rather than a paramilitary group. Like the A-team. Yeah. But don't worry, they still do lots of racism into the 20th century. (laughs) Wait, you're telling me that police forces are racist? No. Or, sorry, were racist? No. Especially not in Texas. (laughs) That's about all I got, unless you want to talk more about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, got that. We did, yeah, we mentioned Charlie Goodnight, I guess, and we must have done, yeah, we did Bigfoot. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? There's Deef Smith. Deef Smith. I kind of I kind of talked about him a little bit, but I didn't research him as good as I should have. He's more. Uh, He'll be more Alamo-y. Alamo-y um, stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just remember like yeah, if if in Waco, Texas, check out the uh, Texas Ranger Museum. It's a very interesting place. I quite enjoyed. You know, because like like most people, you you know, the Lone Ranger and Walker, Texas Ranger is about all you get. You yeah. know. And so, and they, um, you know, Texans are of course proud of you know this group, but you know it's got to be said they weren't exactly uh, fucking altar boys at all, as as is the case with fucking pretty much anybody that sure. we talk about. But you know, it's nice to like I think offer a little bit of perspective on how these guys actually operate and stuff. And you know, they I, I guess depending on your perspective, they did a lot of good for a lot of people. They also did some horrific shit to a lot of people. Yeah. But that, you know, that happens quite a bit. I did like going to that Texas Ranger Museum. They have like uh like the Ranger kind of like you they don't really have uniforms uh but like throughout time there's one that's from oh about the era of when the TV show Dallas came out, you know, and like it's pretty much dressed like J.R. Ewing but with like a pistol and a fucking big ass like walkie-talkie. That's about it. Sweet. I think I have one of those big ass Just go Rangers. Pretty much. That's what it was kind of reminding me of. <laughs> they had something to do like chasing Bonnie and Clyde too. Yeah, you know, I think they did. At least for the portion when they were in Tejas. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And then what else they do? You could blame the ATF for the Waco stuff. So yeah, we used to go to Waco pretty often. Pretty cool town, despite the you know the one Stigma. thing the yeah. one thing that everybody <laughs> thinks about when they hear Waco. Yeah. That's why we're going to build our compound in Dick Shooter, Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> With a vacation spot in Slick Poo. Slick Poo, right. yep. That's where our compound's going to be. Yeah, I was hoping, like, you know, get to go back to the hinterlands here shortly, and I was hoping to do a little more stopping off and traveling places, but I don't think there's going to be much of that in the cards on the on the trip back. A, because it's going to be 6 billion degrees everywhere you go. Yeah. And plus, I just got to kind of... Got shit to do. Got shit to do. But we'll see what I can squeeze out. Yeah, I'm bummed I don't get to go. Both both headed back to North Dakota. I wanted to go, but the fucking switch is getting flipped back on here in Washington State. And uh, I got a fucking bar to run. Yep. So, You're going to have barter town to run here it's shortly be if it's any indication. Nuts. Well, it depends. Maybe the heat wave will Kill de- off decimate the population. 
Getting close, fuck. Thin the herd. Yeah. Yeah, uh, speaking of that, it's going to be like 105 today, so I'm taking the fam down to the fucking lake, and we're going to go swimming. Like I said, I was at the lake yesterday, and I've cooked off most of my skin, so that's not really an option for me anymore. So well, I think, you, you know, you're missing most of your skin. It's gone, so yeah. you don't not got nothing to worry about. I'll just cook the flesh. I could go swimming in my clothes, I suppose. That wouldn't be the wouldn't be the first time I pulled that one. Sure. Just got to remember to take out your wallet and your keys and your fucking phone. Cellular telephone. But I don't know. I think I'm just going to go dig a hole in some mud and wallow in it like a hippo. Sounds awesome. How about you, Will? Uh, I'm going to drive around in a circle in the air-conditioned car, I guess. There you Uh, go. I offered that to Maddie last night when we were, like, you know, just before, about halfway through our shift at the bar. It's like, you know... So nobody in here right now. We can just like fire up the Jeep and sit in it in the air conditioning for a while and, you know, pull it up to the window so you can see if anybody approaches the That's bar. That's just a fucking tease because then you got to get <laughs> out and go back to work. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like, you know, pour a shot and get back in the Jeep. You know? <laughs> just serve drinks from your Jeep. Yeah. That'd be great. You walk into a bar and then the fucking there's nobody in there and all of a sudden the bartender appears behind you. Comes running. Hello. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's how I leave my office most of the time when I'm taking a shit or something. Just, hello. Hello. I'll be there. I'm taking a shit. What? <laughs> oh, like in the. At the post office. Oh, God. Yeah. Just this disembodied voice. Confused old ladies standing by the counter. <laughs> I need to mail these cookies. Hello. <laughs> Hold on a second. Uh, uh, but yeah, like I, I was telling you guys, that was amazing. Like uh, corks popping out of bottles of tequila. That's fucking it's so wild, fucking dude. hot. Wow. Actually, uh, yesterday we had the sesame oil sitting on the sitting next to the stove, and fucking the top like boom popped off of that shit while we were making salad because it was the only thing we could make that didn't have to use. Heat. Yeah. Just eating fistfuls of uncooked noodles and raw beef. There you go. Uh, that's probably what's in the cards for tonight. Uh, I don't know. I just had some Subway eat fresh, so oh. I don't think I need to eat anymore. In fact, that was probably the most I've eaten in two days because I haven't had appetite because yeah. of, like, the shit. But, yeah. Anyway, I know you guys in Arizona and Texas think we're pussies, but you all have air conditioning and shit, so you can fuck right off. Yeah. Um, Bo will fight you. Come down here. I'll fight you when it cools down. (laughs) Come down here in fucking October. Right now, my entire body burns from sunburn, and I'm weakened by the heat. Yeah. Three-hour tour. Actually, after a couple days of this shit, I'll probably pep back up, because I have lived in a lot of hot places, and it it doesn't take too long to adapt. It's just kind of that transition period. It was shocking when it goes from, like, 70 degrees every day to 105 degrees every day. Yeah, this zero to 60 bullshit isn't fucking cutting it. All right, anybody got anything else? Nope, let's go out in a hail of thunder showers. Yeah, that would be awesome. Mm, dynamite kite. 